Welcome back, everybody, to It Was Tuesday, the once-a-week podcast by myself, uh, a.k.a. Jay Chenzor. Uh, if you guys are watching this on YouTube, I just finished the JP Blanca footage analysis. You can find it here on this channel on YouTube.com slash TV and uh, check that out. We saw a lot of really cool things, but uh, for now, we are going to move forward and continue on, talk a little bit about some news that is coming up here. Uh, just mainly want to talk about this coming up weekend, if you guys get a chance to see this, uh, the Tekken World Tour Finals and Frosty Faustings are taking place this weekend. So again, the Tekken World Tour, obviously the uh, Tekken counterpart to the Capcom Pro Tour. Definitely want to check that out. It's going to be the finals and there's going to be a lot of crazy things going on there. And almost certainly we are going to get a lot of information. Uh, well, maybe not a lot, but some decent amount of information about Tekken 8. I'm sure we're going to get some new Tekken 8 information from this event. So that's definitely going to be one of the reasons why you're going to want to check that out over there. It is going to be taking place in Amsterdam. Uh, so the time zone difference is going to be a little bit uh, different. So you'll definitely want to make sure you, you know what time to tune in for that. But the nice thing about that is because the time difference, that means if you don't want any sleep at all, you can watch both the Tekken World Tour and Frosty Faustings this weekend. Frosty Faustings is usually the first big major to kick off the fighting game year. It's coming up this weekend. I will be there. I will be doing commentary for some Street Fighter V and some Guilty Gear Strive, which I'm ecstatic about. So uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. Definitely tune in. Frosty Faustings, always one of my favorite events to head to and commentate. Couldn't go last year, uh, but I'm definitely going to make it this year. So make sure you check out those events coming up this weekend. Uh, you should be able to find all the stream information for Frosty Faustings. If not, keep an eye on my Twitter, at, at, on my Twitter at least, so that way you'll see when I'm jumping up on for some Street Fighter V and some Guilty Gear Strive commentary and yeah uh frosty faustings is doing what it's normally doing there's a couple of like pre-event exhibitions like team tournaments and some of the side tournaments that are taking place on like thursdays but in general frosty faustings only runs friday and saturday and sunday is an after party day and they are maintaining that despite the fact that they are like the third biggest event in the fourth biggest event in the united states at this point only after evo ceo and combo breaker uh, I think Frosty Faustings is just the next biggest one. In fact, they have over a thousand Strive entrants. Uh, I think they have like two more entrants for their Strive than uh, Combo Breaker did. And uh, again, Frosty Faustings is a, a Guilty Gear first tournament. So Strive will undoubtedly close out the weekend as well. So it'll be a lot of good times. I'm sure you'll get some XX Reload plus, I mean, Accent Core plus R, as well as some Guilty Gear Exert, Revelator 2. So uh, definitely tune in for a lot of fun uh, Arxis fighting game shenanigans going over there. And I, I know Arxis loves them. Maybe they'll give them a reveal. I mean, hopefully, maybe uh, we'll find out who the next uh, DLC character is for Arxis or something like that. Maybe, maybe, I don't know, perhaps, perhaps. Oh, and my cat wants belly rubs. My cat wants belly rubs. Sorry, the camera's way over there. I can't move it, so I can't show you the cat getting belly rubs over here, but I should definitely set up a cat cam, like, right here so that I can set that up so you guys can actually just, like, See my cats being adorable cats. I, I need to do that. I need to step up production and add cat cams. 
I need to do the big Willy Cam tech. But uh, let's just talk about the topic at hand for this week. Uh, patches. I, I, I kind of want to talk about patches a little bit and how I feel like patches in the FGC need to improve and and, and actually kind of change how we look at patches because we're in this very interesting, very, very interesting situation right now where we don't want frequent patches. We've already kind of given that information to uh, the powers that be out there, right? The, the devs out there knows we don't want frequent patches because frequent patches can be a problem. Um, it's just, it's too hard to keep track of. One of the early MK games just had patches, 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 patches. And it came out so fast that people had trouble keeping up with it. And uh, we really just didn't give a chance for the patches to bake. Uh, baseball super ask who says we don't want frequent patches well uh that's what a lot of people said a lot of people have said maybe two patches a year you know uh one after evo one after the year end finals and that's probably a good safe amount of balance patches and i i feel like a lot of companies are actually trying to maintain that they're actually trying to uh adhere to that because i think that's kind of what the community wants but i actually want to bring up a point here that maybe maybe this isn't what we want <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe we want patches a little bit faster now here's the problem right now here's the thing that we have to really kind of look at. And yes, Necromancy Black is already kind of jumping the gun here. He does this a lot. Every time I come here, I'm trying to lead to a point. Necromancy Black jumps in the chat and says like, we yeah, maybe some whatever, one or two. Dude, stop it. Stop it, okay? <laughs> Let me talk. <laughs> Let me talk. What I'm saying is <laughs> we have to look at it. So what MK was doing when... We were getting, <laughs> no, says Necromancy Black. What we were doing when MK was coming out, I mean, these patches would come out and a lot of things would change. A lot of characters would change here and there. I think we should be getting to a point where we want major patches maybe twice a year. Major patches maybe twice a year. But I think... And we're seeing this in the case, for example, KOF is one of the biggest, uh, biggest examples of this. But I think we might be down, I think players, and, and it might be healthier to have more frequent patches that are really, really laser focused. We don't need crazy patches. Now, obviously, uh, I don't know what the rule is with consoles right now on their patching policies because i remember on the xbox 360 originally they had it so that the first patch was free and the rest of them cost money and blah 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 and needs to be certified so you know a lot of times these companies probably want to dole out the patches a little bit slower because because it's actually better for them sorry i hit the mute button on my microphone just now uh for a second but the thing is uh 
Right. So uh, in the modern FGC, there's also a timing issue with big patches and the timing of them can fail to favor certain events, which is why having one after Evo, which is like, okay, we saw what happened at Evo. We have a good knowledge here on how we want to tweak the characters. And then after the year end, sure, you tweak the characters a little bit. And that's also when you start introducing season two and you put in the big mechanic changes and all that stuff like that. Now, here's the problem. Here's the problem right now. Well, see, here's the thing, Dodge Mahal. Says, I'm not for patches. I'm for companies making things that work and letting pe people sink or swim unless it's really broken. Yes, 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 not for esports. <laughs> not for esports. I agree, not for a game that is esports related, right? So because there is the competitive aspect of it and it can affect a lot of people. When a character like Tanya comes out and Ed Boon sees it and is like, nerf this character when he sees five in the top eight at CEO and then they nerf him <laughs> within two weeks before Evo rolls around after CEO, you know, we need to make sure that we, uh, for esports, the quality of a character can definitely change the outcome of things. So uh, the reason why this topic came into my head was because of a tweet that Hotashi made. And I probably should have brought this up beforehand. Let's do this. Uh, let's get Hotashi. Now, keep in mind, I need you guys to understand something about Hotashi, okay? Hotashi is a very, very strong player. He's a very smart player. He's the kind of player that when he runs into things that are powerful, he will figure out how to fight against it. Hotashi is one of the strongest Guilty Gear players that we have in the fighting game, and especially the, uh, the, uh, the uh, Guilty Gear scene. A recent tweet of his earlier this month reads, um, Nerf this motherfucker... Nerf this, you know, repeated, what is this? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten times. And he's talking about happy chaos over here, okay? He's talking about happy chaos. He does not like happy chaos. Here we go. Just defend into bang, 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 kill. And this is, I mean, yeah, he just quit. He just ejected and went to watch anime. That was it. That 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 is that was how his stream went over there. That is literally how his stream went. And he basically then tweeted out earlier today saying I've started going on strike whenever I get hit with gunshot or class shot. Controller down until next round. We must defy the current state of affairs. <laughs> so in other words, he really hates Happy Chaos. Now here's the thing, that tweet about nerfing Happy Chaos came after the big patch <laughs> from Arxis where they nerfed Happy Chaos already, but not enough, obviously. Happy Chaos is a very strong character and one whose limit seems to know no bounds and the character seems to get stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger as people get better and better with this character just by nature of his design. Happy Chaos is a character just like Cronin from KOF 15, just like Luke in Street Fighter V, just like Labcoat 
in uh, Dragon Ball Fighters, just like Leroy in Tekken 7, that might warrant emergency patches. We have waited forever to get Cronin nerfed. It has taken forever to get Cronin nerfed. <laughs> and we wanted that nerf for a long time. And honestly, Cronin being overpowered, along with Kula and a couple of other characters, really kind of turned a lot of people away from KOF in a way, right? So they probably should have nerfed Cronin earlier. Happy Chaos, they tried nerfing him. Obviously, Happy Chaos is still good. They should consider trying to nerf Happy Chaos, and that's it. That's all the patch is going to be. Oh, what's up, MQS? What's going on? <laughs> um, but, uh, oh, and they haven't fixed that RC bug. Yeah, the, the bug that if you Roman cancel, Happy Chaos uh, can just shoot you right away. Normally, like, he has a startup, but even though he's slowed down by the Roman cancel burst activation, for some reason, his gunshot comes out in, like, three frames or something like that. It's, it's kind of crazy. Um, uh, Cronin and Luke, but on the same level as Labcoat and Leroy. Luke, not quite. And he did get a... So the definitive patch came out. They actually came out with another patch that they did nerf Luke off schedule. So Capcom kind of did that. Oh, it's one frame? Jesus Christ, it's one frame. Okay. <laughs> but Cronin, same level as Labcoat and Leroy? Yes, yes, yes. The reason why Cronin doesn't feel that bad as compared to Lab Code and Leroy, is because KOF is a team game. <laughs> we get to see other characters. If KOF was a 1v1 game, I guarantee you top eight would be Cronin, 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 Cronin. Because Cronin was dumb. <laughs> he was stupid. And the fact that a lot of players were playing Kula, X, either Janae, Chizuru, or Yashiro, and Cronin is already pretty bad. <laughs> now, what we don't want them to do is nerf the characters to oblivion. So what they did to Cronin worked. He's still strong. He's not broken. So that's good. Leroy and Labcoat, I've heard, are both still good uh, right now. <laughs> uh, again, six out of eight, top eight Leroy. Not very far behind was five out of eight Tanya for MKX. That was right there. But if you actually look at KOF top eight, the reason why, again, it doesn't feel bad is because six or seven of the teams in top eight have Cronin, but there's a lot of other characters. So it, it he's not the only character you're seeing. So it doesn't feel as bad, but he's literally there on like six out of the top eight teams. Because again, if you're not playing Cronin, you're wrong. You're just wrong because Cronin is that stupid in the game. Now, the patches for something like this, for like Happy Chaos. Look, as a person who watches a lot of Strive, I commentate Strive a lot. Happy Chaos is definitely very strong. And in the hands of the right person is kind of 
kind of dumb. <laughs> so I definitely understand where Hotashi is coming from, wanting to nerf this character, uh, to be honest with you. So I really, really think that uh, we should start looking at it a little bit differently now. So we've gotten to the point where devs understand we don't want the MK situation of MK9, where it was like patch, 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 patch. Because what's one of the negative things about patches is that it takes so much work to keep up with these patches. Like Street Fighter V definitive patch comes out and it's like you have to do homework, right? For me as a commentator, Jesus Christ, I mean, even the DNF patch notes, the recent Guilty Gear patch notes, like, I have to do, like, in order to commentate this, you have to sit there and, like, seriously, it's like school. You're just sitting there studying these patch notes for a very long time to figure out what's going on, and you forget a lot of them while you're commentating. A lot of times I'll commentate Street Fighter V, and I'll be like, wait, Kenny, oh, God, that's Right? They change that. You know, that happens a lot, dude. That happens a lot. Now, for me, where it's my job and I'm getting paid to actually do this stuff, think about how much harder it is for everybody else, for the entire planet. Think about how hard this is for everybody else and the players who now have to memorize every freaking frame data, and especially the casual players who are now looking at all this frame data. So we don't want frequent patches like what MKX was doing, I mean, MK9 was doing very early on, where they did many patches. NRS listened and switched it so that they came out with patches less often because now players could keep up with it a little bit more. And not only that, you give time for things to bake. So this is the negative part, right? We could sit here and be like, oh my God, Cronin's so busted. And then they nerf him. And then we find out that uh, there was something we just didn't know that blows Cronin up completely and he shouldn't have been nerfed. Let's rebuff him a little bit again or something like that. Uh, Olaf and I talked about this on Synchronize in the context of DLC characters. Like, Billy Kane comes out and he sucks. <laughs> like, we could afford to have an emergency patch to make Billy Kane playable in KOF 15. Like, Billy Kane is like worse than Zangief level of Street Fighter V. Like, Billy Kane and KOF 15 before the recent patch literally didn't exist. Like, you just couldn't play him. You hit someone with Standing C and you died. He's still lacking for sure, Daj Mahal. But he's not basically completely useless and non-existent like he was before. Can we afford to put, do an emergency patch for that? Yes, but like Olaf and I were discussing and apologize for people who watch that show that this is a little bit repeat conversation here, but we should be more forgiving for devs going, oops. <laughs> so if they over buff somebody or they over nerf somebody or release a DLC that's too strong or too weak, we should give them the opportunity to do an emergency patch to try to normalize them. But if they were wrong, and they buffed someone and it turned out we just didn't know how strong they were and they end up being too powerful, we should allow the devs to just be like, yeah, sorry, rolling that back. <laughs> or if they nerf a character and then we figure out that he wasn't as strong as he was before, we should be capable of letting devs go, uh, yeah, okay.
okay, let's roll that back. Because the problem is right now, I think devs feel like if they roll back a change, if they revert a change, like literally just delete a change, it's them admitting they were wrong. And I think that we as a community need to actually encourage that and be like, you know what? It's okay. Go ahead and revert that. Just revert it. It's fine, you know? And like if like if literally the patch notes come out and I'll be like, sorry, this was stronger than we thought. Reverting. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. But again, not too often. And having patches that are laser focused for a certain character. Because the other problem that we have now is that if patch notes come out, and all, like if they change one character, I think there's also a pressure from the devs to change everybody. Like you released the patch and you nerfed Cronin, but you didn't fix Billy. Man, you know, what the hell's wrong with you guys and stuff like that. Like we're putting a lot of pressure on the devs to do exactly everything perfect all the time. There's not enough patches. There's too many patches, et cetera, et cetera. And I think that's kind of one of the problems and I think we as a community need to be a little bit more lenient to them. Now, having said all that, uh, IMAX Mouse asked, does JP have bison in him? It looks like Omen from Killer Instinct more than bison. So uh, I think the bison theory might not be true, but I don't know, maybe it's a skeleton of bison, who knows? Uh, players need to stop crying some. Again, Depends on who's talking. The reason why I prefaced the happy chaos thing by describing Hotashi is because if Hotashi says happy chaos is broken, I will believe Hotashi. <laughs> because what I know of Hotashi is he's not the kind of player who's just going to be like, this is broken, nerf it, nerf it for his own gain. Like he's actually pretty logical and very smart about these things. If he's saying you need to nerf Happy Chaos, I think Happy Chaos needs to be nerfed <laughs> at this point. And again, is Happy Chaos stupidly broken? No, because he's very hard to use. And secondly, I mean, let's talk, I mean, again, it's not fair to bring up like Nako in CVS1. That's broken, okay? Happy Chaos is not even to that level, but for the overall environment of the game, if they just came out with a patch and nerfed Happy Chaos a little bit more, I don't think even Happy Chaos players would be that mad. Like, if you nerf Cronin, I don't even think Cronin players would be mad. If you nerf Labcoat, if you nerfed Leroy at that time, I don't think the players of those characters would even be that mad unless they just wanted free wins. And if that's the case, then who cares? <laughs> Yeah, Nakaruru in KF14 launch. Yes, for sure. D Buster asks, how long would you have to wait for devs to reverse because you have to let the patch breathe and let the community problem solve? Exactly. And that's and that's the question, right? Now, the thing about it is that whole concept of letting the patch breathe and letting the community problem solve was a lot more necessary, I think, five years ago, six years ago, seven years ago. Uh, today we're really good at fighting games. <laughs> Today, we're really good at fighting games. I cannot name you within the last three years an instance of something coming out and everyone being like, this is broken. 
and then turns out, oh, actually, we were wrong. Or this guy sucks. And then it turns out six months later, we were wrong. The characters actually, we're pretty good now. <laughs> I'm just going to say, we're pretty good now because there's so much information out there and we're really, really good. Well, Crusader, everybody complained about in the beta. <laughs> Remember, Crusader complained about everybody in the beta. Uh, the closest one is Nagoriyuki from the beta to the release. When he came out on release, everyone's like, this character sucks. But this is all due to beta experience, right? Let's let's not let's not take the betas into account. Um, so what we want to do is we want to make sure. Well, that's the thing is that beta one Nago, everybody he wasn't good, but people liked him. And then when they improved him, when they not even quotes when they improved him, people thought they nerfed him because his blood went up too high, and they all thought he was useless now when he was actually better. And Hotashi was one of the only people who believed in Nago when the game first dropped, and then he showed Nago for being top tier uh, as he was, but. For for the most part, most of the time when these games come out, not counting betas, and again, betas are a whole separate problem. Like betas can act, I actually think betas have actually hurt a lot of characters in terms of balance unnecessarily because every character I play gets nerfed because they're scary in the beta and then they turn out not to be that good. But they get nerfed because people complained about them in the beta. <clears throat> Potemkin, <clears throat> Inquisitor, God damn, <clears throat> Isla. Anyways, <laughs> anyways, the thing that we have to do here is we do have to let the characters bake. Now, I wouldn't want them to revert it in less than, let's say, a month. I actually think a month is a decent amount of time to let a character bake these days like i don't want them to release it and like two weeks later be like whoops that's too fast that's too fast in my opinion we we need more time more experience but if after one month we see a character is still too strong hardest part with some like happy chaos is there's not a lot of great happy chaoses out there but they're growing the happy chaos army is definitely growing uh, very, very much. And again, like I said, you have to use the tournament results and you have to listen to the people that you know what they're talking about, right? Um, the one thing that I wanted to get to here, uh, the one thing that I wanted to get to here, the thing that I think is really important, this is where I think patches need to evolve and where patches need to change and what devs have to do. And yes, it's going to take more work. The problem is, Capcom, you're done fucked up because you've raised the bar and now you actually make me believe a developer would be willing to put in the extra work to do this by showing us all the cool things that you've done with Street Fighter VI so far. Arxis has been doing an amazing job with the Guilty Gear patches. They actually put out videos that actually show the difference between pre-patch and post-patch. Very, very cool. One of the absolute most useful things. Put it in the game. Put it in the game. Put it in the game, and not only that, but let us pick old versions of the characters in the game.
And so even if we have these half a year major patches and small patches in between, when you pick a character and maybe put it in some super obscure advanced menu, being able to pick an older version of the character, one, is good for history, because then we can actually show people why stuff was broken, and maybe you can actually go and try to figure out why they changed it. But by allowing us to pick the characters in the game, that means those versions of the characters are actually saved in the game. And you have designed a way in which you can shift a character back and forth between patch versions, which kind of already exists if you look at Street Fighter V, Sometimes the trials only apply to older versions and everything like that. I mean, training mode is the only place that this option should be. And then by allowing you to have the versions of the character with this patches in there that you can swap, you can also have a demo mode literally in the like if you go to street fighter 5 you'll actually see like there's that tutorial section where they give you all the information on characters and all stuff and you can go to the trials there literally needs to be a patch section in there like patch notes section and you go to that over there and you pick patch notes section and you click on chun li and you see latest patch and you click latest patch and because the game can literally change the version of the character, let's say Chun-Li Standing Fierce gained extra range. They can actually just show Chun-Li standing next to Luke and punch and miss, and then just switch patch versions and be like, ding, pow, now you see it hit. Or this move wasn't punishable before. The, basically do what Arxis is actually doing in those videos but actually in the game. So that way, if you are a player that played Street Fighter V in Season 2 and stopped, when you come back to Street Fighter V and you're like, I don't know what's changed with my character, you go click on the patch notes option in the menu, you go, oh, this is when I stopped, and you see there's been four patches since then. You can click on all of them and actually see all the changes to your character. Now, one of the hard things is that the developers sometimes are very bad at, the, 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 the company themselves are very bad at keeping track of what actually changed. You, we've seen phantom patches get into things like that. And, um, right, it's on the website, MQS, but it needs to be in the game. Or just make it so that there are videos you can load. But I still want it so that you should be able to change versions. Because in, like, the, the settings menu, you should just be able to jump to any patch version you want. Because right now, the cool thing about it is, if we wanted to talk about Champion Edition, and I wanted to tell you how broken M. Bison was... In Champion Edition, I can do that. Right? Through MAME, through Fightcade, through emulators, through Street Fighter 30th. But if I want to tell you about the patch that was very brief of why Abigail was so broken at one point in time, we just have no ability to do that. And yeah, of course, what Gundam Jehudi Kai says, none of this is available 
in ranked. For sure. This is all just for local. This is all for offline play. For sure. You cannot do any of this stuff on ranked. Ranked is fixed to the latest thing. I, I think that for sure, for sure. But I really, really think that, and yeah, so, uh, so, uh, Oh, I, well, MQS is saying that it actually breaks the game's terms of service if you actually do that. Yeah, I mean, if they build it into the game, make it so that there's no way to do that. And even maybe, you know, only in versus mode if you feel like, you know, fucking around with your friends or whatever like that. Just so you can play old versions. But, like, can you imagine, like, Street Fighter 4 has addition select. Like, it should just literally have, like, pick the game version, right? And I really think that we need to put it all into the game. It needs to be a historical reference of everything. And not, and the side benefit of that is if you can change the patch version of your character on the fly because it's just a change in move properties. So it's not even necessarily a heavy loading thing. Then you can put the displays in there very, very easy. It's very easy for you to show this move has gone from being punishable to being safe on block. And so you like you click on, for example, uh, I don't know what's the character that got something safe and then turned punishable or whatever opposite. You go to that character, you pick the character, you pick the patch notes, and then you see a list of things down there. You click on that one, or, like, or you just click on it and hit buttons like the triggers to jump between versions, the, between the changes, and then literally it'll just like show a video where it goes old version, hit punished, and then all of a sudden. Boop, Reset back to the save state, change the patch version, boom, like new patch version, and you see that it's blockable. So that way, if you're fighting, if you're playing Chun-Li and you want to know what the character has changed since you last played the game, you can find out in the game. If you end up fighting against the poison and you're like, wait a second, I used to be able to do this against poison. What happened? You can actually go to the poison section and look it up in game. In game. <laughs> and yes, uh, Natromancy Black is right. You can't just put it into an old game, but this is what I mean. It's like Street Fighter 6 is brand new. Probably too late for Street Fighter 6 if they're not already doing something like that. But this is the kind of thing that we need to have in the game. Patches need to be seen differently. Because right now, I think what a lot of Japanese devs feel like our patches are like apologies or maybe they're kind of like oops uh but like we have to see them as like artists right we have to look at patches as literally someone who's drawing a picture and going ah the finger's off let me change the finger a little bit that's better and you're like wow that made such a difference like we have to look at it that way that's how we have to look at balancing of fighting games not like you stop or yeah you guys idiots whatever like we have to be willing to let these guys do their work and appreciate what they're doing and we need to be able to store it historically so that people can find an easy way to see how the game has changed since the last time they played it or if they sit there and read the patch notes and it doesn't make sense i had to make a whole video to explain what the combo count is you sit there and you read the patch notes the definitive patch notes so like they increase the combo count and you're like what oh yeah we've relaxed the combo limit what what does that even mean 
Keaton, you know, or like we've changed, we've uh, altered the hitbox. And you're like, how, how, what, what? You know, and so like being able to show that in game, I think would be really, really, really cool. And shout outs to IDOM coming in. I don't know if IDOM is still in the chat because I would really like to know what his opinion is, but I'm talking about patches and I've already talked a lot about frequency of patches and how devs need to maybe not wait as long to do things like nerf Cronin, nerf Luke. I know IDOM will agree with the nerf Luke, nerfing Luke part, but um, we definitely need to look at the frequency a little bit more. We shouldn't expect devs to always come out with giant patches, but if they come out with quick laser focus patches to nerf a lab coat, to nerf a Leroy, to nerf a Luke, etc., etc. I think it's the right thing. But the main point that I'm bringing up now is what we should expect from our newer generation of fighting games is that the patches should be stored in the game themselves and we should be able to change versions of the patch at any given time, not in ranked, not in any online matches, only in versus in training mode, maybe. Maybe not even in versus, maybe only training mode. But by including the versions of all the characters that existed throughout the patches, we can also then include tutorial sections in the game itself that shows us all the changes that have been made during the course of the game. So in other words, when you click on someone like uh, Lucia, for example, right? And then it's like Lucia's changes, you land closer now after her running up kicks. You can literally show in the game itself, you click on Lucia, you click on definitive patch, you see a list of her changes, you pick one of them and it brings up the screen, it loads Lucia and Luke and it has Lucia run up kicks and you see how far he lands and then all of a sudden, blink, reload, save state, change the patch version, have Lucia do it again and now you see Luke land a little closer, you're like, oh, that's the change now. And that allows the casual players, if they want to care that much, because that's the thing, right? I'm not talking about like, you know, bronze, you know, players, rookie players, like this is not for them. You hide this in a menu that, you know, people will find if they look for it. But for everybody who's going into the gold level, the platinum level, these are not the pros, but they're also not beginners. They probably care enough about patch notes. They probably care enough about patch notes that they want to know what the changes are. These people will actually be interested. If my friend who played Street Fighter 2... Uh, Street Fighter 5 in Season 2 stopped playing Street Fighter 5 and wants to get back into it, and who knows why he stopped. Maybe he didn't like the game. Maybe life hit him. Maybe he got a family, and his kid is now three years old, so he has more times to play, and so now he wants to get back into it. If he picks his character, he can actually go see the last time he played and then incrementally click on all the example videos of how his character changed so he doesn't have to run to the internet and look at all up and read relax to the combo limit and be like what the fuck does that mean <laughs> what the fuck does that mean you know like literally we should have it as a, a situation where players can go look it up right there did i say gold did i say gold is casual i didn't mean to i, I thought i said bronze and rookie did i say gold <laughs> i definitely did not mean to <laughs> i definitely did not mean to say that uh, but yeah, uh, I actually, it's been a lot longer for us. I accidentally rebooted my sh machine <laughs> during the stream. 
<laughs> so I've actually been streaming a lot longer than that. Uh, but still, um, yeah, see, even Mudo says, I'm still bronze and I care about patch notes somewhat, though I'm not new to SF, but wouldn't it be great if you could see exactly what they're talking about in there, right? Even if one of them is, like, impossible to display, like, even if it's just, like, some weird bug that you fixed or whatever, you could just have it be, like, fix the bug that did this, and you click, you know, like, demo. It'll just be, like, fix this, no demo available, <laughs> and just move on, you know? And then you just go to the next one. You go to the next one, and you can see it. And then if you're playing the game and you're semi-serious enough about the game and you fight against a bison and you're like, wait a minute, this used to be punishable, why can't I punish this anymore? You can go in the game to Bison and see if at any point in time this move changed to no longer be punishable. You don't have to go and try to find this outside resource. I think this would be so valuable to put in the game. And I think, you know, obviously move lists, frame data, we've already argued they should be in the game itself. And again, Street Fighter VI is setting the bar very high at this point to the point now where I'm starting to find the next level things that we need to start demanding. And in my opinion, the ability to switch patch versions in the game itself to be able to have a historical context, like I said for those people from IDOM stream who didn't hear me say this beforehand, I would like to be able to go, yeah, check out the start of season three where Abigail was stupid broken, where Abigail was like really dumb. Check out what Abigail used to be able to do. And then we could show off what Abigail used to be able to do. Like, I think that would really, really be cool. Yeah, pick season one Cammy, exactly. Just to show it off at some point in time. Right, But then at the same time, by having everything in the game, it also allows people to get this information easier. And like I said, those Arxis videos that they put up for Guilty Gear Strive are amazing, but they're videos and they're on Twitter. And when they're on Twitter, they don't live. They're not even available on their, they're not even available on their YouTube channel. They're just on Twitter. And so we know about Twitter, everything on Twitter goes away. So if it's actually in the game, I just think that that would make so much more sense and be that much more, uh, that would be more efficient and really, really help the community get better. But in order to get to that point as well, we need to understand that not too many patches. If you do too many patches, that whole UI is gonna get inundated and we already know that too many patches really turns people off considering uh, what happened with MK9. Too many patches made it way too hard for people to follow. But at the same time, while I like how a lot of fighting games these days are generally waiting six months before the next big patch, I do think we need to give devs the leeway to throw out more patches in between that only have changes for one character. Like, if we literally just go in and nerf Happy Chaos, if Capcom's like, yeah, okay, we'll nerf Luke a little bit. <laughs> now, of course, you also have to be careful because of the tournament cycle. You don't want to mess people up right before, like, eh, let's go ahead and nerf Happy Chaos. It's three days to Evo. Like, you definitely want to plan those out a little bit or give people a heads up kind of thing, you know, because... Uh, Right now, the reason why I believe that is because I, I do think that Happy Chaos might cause some problems for Strive right now. Uh, not just that, I don't think that Strive, that Happy Chaos is so powerful that everyone's going to be using him, but he's clearly very powerful 
and uh, probably needs a little nerf. I'm thinking more of the Cronin situation where Cronin had been too strong for way, way, way too long. <laughs> too, 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 too long. Uh, this wasn't a problem before consoles were using the internet. Uh, what do you mean exactly by that club artillery? Because I do know that consoles, I think they have the ability to patch more often now without costing any money or anything like that. But uh, SNK definitely, I mean, they've been, they've been doing a lot of good things, but Cronin stayed too strong for too long. Too strong for too long. Cronin needed to be nerfed a lot sooner. And did it hurt KOF 15's popularity? Not as much as the matchmaking. But seeing Cronin on like every single team certainly didn't help. It just didn't feel as bad as Leroy or Tanya in MKX or Labcoat because, well, Labcoat is a team game too, but Labcoat was just, yeah, ridiculous. And at least in KOF, it's 1v1 instead of, you know, uh, uh, assist based and stuff like that. So sometimes you didn't even see Cronin if the guy OCV'd with Kula or one with Kula and their secondary character and their second character. Right, but there was way too many Cronins, and I really think it does uh, help a lot. So it costs them money. I think Xbox is like you only get four to five patches a year, depending on your budget. And actually, Anubis, that honestly sounds like a perfect amount. Because really, I only see two patches, major patches a year, and if you have three extra patches, you know, you fix the egregious things. Now, of course, don't fix them right away. Please give it a month and let it bake. Like you put the patch and you're like, holy crap, we accidentally made Iori too strong now. Eh, let's give it a month. Let's see if Iori stays that way. But we're smart enough nowadays. We're good enough at fighting games that if you give it a month, we're pretty good at knowing what's strong and what's not. And I really do feel like we haven't been wrong in a long time. <laughs> We haven't been wrong in a very, very, very long time on what's too strong, on what's too weak. When Billy came out, we were like, Billy kind of sucks. And <laughs> Billy stayed sucking, okay? When Labcoat came out, Labcoat's kind of strong. She stayed pretty strong for a really, really, really long time. So I think four to five patches a year is enough to be honest with you, but we definitely have to give devs the ability, like I said, as the artist mentality, like, I don't like the way this arm is posed, let me move the arm a little bit, oh my god, it looks that much more natural, and that's all they changed. If they come out with a patch and like, sorry, look, we're nerfing Happy Chaos and only Happy Chaos, we can't be like, what, you did this and you didn't buff Giovanna at the same time? Giovanna needs so much help! Where's my Potemkin buffs? Actually, I probably would do that, wouldn't I? I probably would get mad. I'd, I'd get personally mad about that. But anyways, be better than me. Be better than me. And if they nerf Happy Chaos in a patch and don't buff Potemkin, don't cry about Potemkin, be happy that the overall environment is better for the nerfing of Happy Chaos. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but, uh, Kotal Khan, he did get patched, right? He got buffs, if I'm not mistaken, Eben Ken. Uh, so he did get stronger, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> he did actually get stronger, and I don't think Kotal Khan was ever Billy tier. <laughs> I don't think Kotal Khan ever reached Billy tier. Because <laughs> Billy is just bad. Like, 
I wouldn't even say like Zangief in Street Fighter V needs an emergency patch. Zangief can still win. He's obviously the weakest character in the game. It sucks for Zangief players, but the environment is pretty fragile that Zangief getting buffed could really hurt a lot of things. He's not bad enough. I mean, Billy got a ton of buffs in KOF 15, and he's still not very good. And he's still not very good. So I think it's fine. I, I think it works out the way it is. Uh, what's up, BXR? What's going on? So I actually think, uh, like, for real, real emergencies, Alien in MKX, Leroy in Tekken, Tanya in MKX, uh, Lab Coat in Dragon Ball Fighters. you know, these are the kind of things I think uh, would work pretty well, so... Well, to be fair, Billy's name is Billy Kane, which sounds actually cool, or Billy Khan, or whatever, so. <laughs> oh, man. But uh, that's kind of how I feel. Anyways, I, I do think we need to look at patches differently, and, you know, I do think that there is a reason for us to put the pressure on devs to actually start including patch notes in the games and patch demos in the game and letting us be able to pick any version of that character with the patch. I, I really do think that that is an important thing that should show up in, in, in our fighting games. Just like putting the frame data in there. We need all the information in there. We need to put as much in there. And fighting games are hard enough to keep up with already. It's hard enough for casuals. And then if you tell someone, oh, I'm going to play Street Fighter. And they're like, your character changed. Oh, what'd they change? Go to the internet. Or go onto Google and type in Street Fighter V version season. Duh, duh, duh. Like, you're just, you're just going to lose the players, right? If you just give it to them in the game themselves with super fast demos. Like, uh, missed. Patch. Now it hits because it has better range. Ta-da! Like, in like literally five seconds, you've learned what one of the buffs for your character is. Like... It's, it's that simple, in my, in my opinion. So I think that's a, a good way to do it. So, uh, I mean, to be honest, Forrest, I saw some people tweeting that now that Street Fighter 6 is coming out, Street Fighter 4 has been around long enough. Retrofit it with rollback netcode. Dude, yes. <laughs> yes. I think Capcom should release a retrofitted version of Street Fighter 4 on Steam with rollback netcode. 100% yes. Do you see what Arxis is doing with Exert? 100% yes. Give us a Street Fighter 4 with rollback netcode. I mean, look, if they came out with a new version of Street Fighter Cross Tekken Forest, but they patched it so the game was good, yeah, I'm totally down with that. I'm definitely down with that. So, oh, man. <sighs> Why didn't they let Zangief keep his green hand? Ah, uh, he doesn't need the green hand. The green hand... If Zangief got the green hand in Street Fighter V, it would not change his placing at all. He'd be the exact same character. Trust me. Trust me. Where is Dragon Ball Fighters rollback? Good question. Hopefully, it's coming out soon. <laughs> Hopefully, it's coming out sometime soon. They've definitely been very quiet on that. So, <laughs> a retrofitted version of Street Fighter V with good netcode? Yeah. Good rollback netcode? Yes. For sure. For sure. But... Um, but I think that's about all I have for today uh, in terms of topics. Again, I covered JP and Blanca earlier on stream today. 
and uh, uh, that match. We found a lot of very interesting things that'll be up on YouTube. You can check the archives if you guys want over here. But um, uh, I really do feel like um, we're in a really interesting... I mean, this was a part one conversation too. I really do feel like we're in a, quote, golden age of fighting games. It's, it's a really good time. And the fact that I can even say, hey, you should put patch notes in your fighting game is already like the seventh layer of amazing advancements that we've already had in the fighting game community. <laughs> Right? We're not buying a new version of the game every single time to warrant wanting to be able to have patch notes in the game. We're getting patches, and devs are actually responsive enough that and giving us a lot of information that we can even say, please put patch notes in the game, and there's a realistic chance that they might listen. <laughs> but no, but see here, Forrest, playing Fight Cade 2 is indicative that right now is the golden age of fighting games. Because you have better net, you have the ability to play those games with netcode <laughs> right now. <laughs> and you couldn't do that before. <laughs> so being able to play Fightcade is every part, has everything to do with why fighting games are in such a great position right now and why we should all be very happy with where it is. But again, fighting games are hard. They're not easy for casuals to get into. They are not for the masses. And the reason why that is is because fighting games are very technical. And there's a lot of weird, stupid details and a lot of things that we're forcing people to have to do. Now, you're going to ask, well, why doesn't all these other video games have, like, patch notes built into their game? Because they have, League of Legends obviously patches their characters and stuff, but... The other thing, too, is that the same argument comes down to team-based games. A lot of times, if you want to jump back into uh, League of Legends, you'll probably be playing with your friends, your friends who haven't stopped, and you'll be playing, and then they'll be like, oh, that's right, your character changed. This is different now. You have, to, like, the cooldown is faster. Blah, 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 etc., etc. But fighting games, you just don't, you go online ranked, and you're just sitting there, and you're like, why does this work? This used to combo. And, like, no one's going to tell you anything. <laughs> no one's going to tell you anything. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. But, yeah, I mean, honestly, Dodge Mahal, a lot of those communities, online, online is just, online is the pits, okay? Online is toxic. It's just basically what it really comes down to in any case. Yes, actually, that's one thing I should probably mention as well. Condolences for Rumbleverse, dude. Like, I mean, from everything that I've seen, it sounds like that there's a disconnect between Iron Galaxy and Epic Games. If Rumbleverse can actually get a new publisher and then actually be able to get on Steam, because Epic Game Store is where games go to die, if Rumbleverse can actually get onto Steam with a new publisher, I think it can find new life. And I'm sure the Iron Galaxy guys are trying to do that. So if anybody out there has any connections and some publisher out there is like, hey, there's this cool, uh, you know, Battle Royale game out there that's already made. And we can just be the publisher and distributor of it. We just need to obviously set up the servers and all that stuff like that. But, you know, set up the infrastructure for the game, which will take work. But if they want to, 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 to be the new owners of Rumbleverse, like... Dude, Sam Show on EGS probably did so much hurt to PC Sam Show players. 
Like, I hate Steam, okay? I already think Steam is the most cumbersome, like, like thing ever, right? And Steam, for all intents and purposes, is, like, actually pretty, pretty user-friendly. But when I tried to go use the Epic Game Store, holy crap, I was like, Steam is the greatest thing in the entire world. <laughs> Steam is the greatest thing in the world. Yeah, Rumbleverse, they said at the end of February, they're actually shutting down the servers. The game's only been out for six months. So something is wrong. <laughs> like, I, like players are saying, like, when they go online, it's not like it's empty, right? Like, there's a lot of players playing, if I'm not mistaken. Now, I have heard that there are a lot of bots here and there, but I bet you if you put the game on Steam, you would have a bigger audience playing the game. <laughs> Honestly. Honestly. Yeah, they released the final patch, when on, which unlocked all the cosmetics. Not only that, but they are going to figure out a way to refund everybody who's actually bought any cosmetics or paid anything in the game. They actually want to try to refund everything, which means Rumbleverse will have made $0 in profit. And that's, like, wild to me. Like, I can't believe... But that's just showing that they care about the community and that there's something else that's going on, and I have no idea what it is. So... Uh, Microsoft? Uh, yeah, I mean, look, I hate Microsoft for a lot of reasons, but, you know, if they as a company want to grab Rumbleverse and actually publish it, I mean, that has nothing to do with the fact that Windows sucks, but, you know, that's a whole nother story, so, uh... Right, and that's, that's what I was saying, right? Maybe the numbers are low, but it's on the Epic Game Store, right? Like... It's just, oh, God. Like, if it was on Steam, even though I don't play Rumbleverse, I probably would have bought it already. I probably would have bought Rumbleverse. Oh, but it's free to play, actually. Never mind. You can't buy Rumbleverse. Anyway, but yeah, Rumbleverse Game Pass would actually be really, 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 really sick. I think that would be really smart. So, uh, But Microsoft would be a good choice, honestly, to pick up that game and publish it. So... Um, yeah, I mean, people, like Mike Lee saying, I definitely would have played it if it wasn't Epic only. So, like I said, EGS is where games go to die. So, uh, yeah, I would love to see if uh, Rumbleverse can make a comeback. I don't know if anybody has any pull for that. If I don't have any pull for that, I mean, I, a lot of people have more pull than me, okay? I'll say that much. But still, I have more pull than a lot of other people. And if I have no connections, I don't know, it's going to be hard. But if we can figure out a way to get Rumbleverse to resurrect, I think that would be really, really awesome. And of course, you know, there's a little bias here because, you know, one of my friends, Keats, worked very hard on that game. And I feel completely, I, I'm heartbroken for Keats. Like, I, I it's... I can't imagine how this feels and what he's going through right now. I, I just can't even imagine. Like, this has got to be so frustrating. Six months that this game was out. And so, like I said, there has to be something going on. And so if somebody else can pick it up and publish it and we can give new life to Rumbleverse, I think that would be really, 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 really sick. I mean, I could put Keats on the show, but I don't want to be like, hey, Keats, how do you feel having your heart ripped out by the Epic Game Store? Like... And who knows if he even wants to talk about it right now, right? Like, because he, 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 this would be the, a bad time to do something like that. So, uh, honestly, so yeah, honestly, just leave him, leave him, leave it 
leave him alone right now uh, until he's ready to talk about it. He'll talk about it when he's ready to talk about it. Let's just put it that way. So, um, But that's about it, I guess, all I have for today's show. So I guess uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you once again for the raid from INOM. I hope you guys here, if you guys are from INOM stream here and you're not familiar, I stream here every Tuesday for the It Was Tuesday podcast, as it is named here, uh, because it used to be called the Tuesday show, no longer the Tuesday show. So it was Tuesday. And of course, you know, we all know about that quote. But I also stream on my own channel, which I haven't done like all of January uh, because I've just been having a brutal month, uh, personally, personal things happening. I've just been having a terrible month in January. But uh, after Capcom Cup, I should be streaming a lot again on my channel once again. And that's, of course, on twitch.tv slash jchenzor. Uh, yeah, Synchronize is still streaming on the uh, jchenzor channel as well, which is the uh, uh, SNK podcast. And there might be future projects that I'm working on that'll be streamed on my channel as well. So that'll be really fun and stuff to, to check out. So, but again, thank you guys for tuning in. I hope you guys uh, keep playing all them fighting games, fighting my games and keep having fun out there and just keep uh, staying safe as well. Uh, again, tune into Tekken World Tour for all the action and potential Tekken 8 information. Uh, and then obviously tune into Frosty Faustings, which I will be at and I will be doing some commentary as well. So until then, uh, take care. And uh, always remember that the day this podcast graced your ears was the greatest day of your life, was the most important day of your life. But for me... It was Tuesday. <laughs>